Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Join one of the Adelaide 36ers favourite sons as we deep dive into everything past and present about one of the most storied franchises in the NBL. It's Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast. Hello and welcome to Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis for another week. And we're only days away now from the Adelaide 36ers returning to the Adelaide Entertainment Centre on Sunday. We're all looking forward to that. We're hoping it ends up with with a win when the Cairns Taipans come to town. We'll dissect the last up game in Brisbane last week, which unfortunately didn't go to plan. It did look like it was going to for a lot of the night, but didn't quite finish up how we hoped. We'll have an Ask the Coach segment with Jamie Perlman, which we'll put all of, it, all of your questions to him, thanks to Sports Card World. I'm Chris Pike, but the man you have all tuned in to hear from to get his thoughts on everything 36ers, the only man involved with every Sixers NBL championship, Scott Ninnis. How do we find you this week with another long, longest break between between games for us? Uh, Chris, I am up and about, mate. I am so looking forward to Sunday's game. Uh, seems like it's been an eternity. I, yeah. I know we talk about this uh, pretty much a week to week. Uh, but, uh, you yeah, know, the last time we were at the Entertainment Centre, uh, we had a fantastic win against Melbourne United. So, uh, you know, to get Cairns back uh, back on deck when uh, the last game wasn't uh, all that pretty, let's just uh, let's mm-hmm. put it out that. So, yeah, look, it, it's exciting to get back back at home. I know the players will be excited about uh, playing in front of their home crowd. My understanding is uh, this is a replacement game, so there's, there's only about 500 seats left. Now, once again, all those people that were going to come to the previous game may or may not be able to come to this game, but there'll be a good crowd there, it'll be a great atmosphere, and uh, yeah, we owe Cairns one after they oh, had yeah. a little, little bit of a touch-up last time, that's for sure. Absolutely, so it should be a good one, especially if we've got a good crowd. So it's Sunday, then Entertainment Centre against the Taipans, and plenty of former 36ers in that team as well, and it's going to be interesting to see Keanu Pinder, Majuk Deng back in back in town, so we look forward to that, and we'll talk more about that later, later in the show, Scott. Um, Last week's show was a good one. I got got a lot of great feedback about the questions that our listeners put to you in our Ask the Legend segment, Scott. You picked a winner as well, thanks to thanks to Sports Card World. Um, we had a good mix. Your Charger got a got a good run, but some <laughs> some good basketball talk as well. But that might be something we need to add to the rotation. I think on a on a bit more of a, a regular basis. Oh, I'm more than happy to do that, mate. Uh, you might have to change the title, Ask the Legend. I, I, look, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with that. I, I, like I said to you last week, if that was Brett Maher or Mark Davis or Phil Smythe, that, that's fair enough. But uh, maybe maybe ask the bloke that's been involved 25 years that they can't, keep, can't get rid of, you know, he keeps bobbing up uh, and doing uh, podcasts or holiday camps or... Uh, you know, things from time to time. But no, it was. It was very enjoyable and uh, more than happy to do it at any stage. It's a very long title. We might need to shorten it a little bit. But, <laughs> but, but, but we'll, come, we'll come up with something for, for next time. But we will hear from Jamie Perlman later in the show. So we look forward to that and seeing what our listeners come up with to ask Jamie, the master assistant coach, who's very busy getting ready the scout for the Taipans right now, I'm sure. Um, let's go back to last Friday night, Scott. Um this was an interesting game against the Brisbane Bullets. Obviously, when we did our preview, we knew that there was likely a couple of late changes for the 36ers, and as it turned out, both Dusty Hannes and Mojave King weren't able to to head to Brisbane because of 
the COVID protocols. Um, before we get to the game itself, how much did that hurt? Because we saw what Dusty could do, you know, the game before against Melbourne United. Oh, look, it's disappointing, mate. Like, I mean, you know, both those blokes having COVID and only being able to travel up on the day of the game was always going to be difficult to, you know, get anything out of them. He's been sitting looking at four walls for, for seven days and uh, even if you can get on the treadmill or the exercise bike, it, it's still going to be very difficult. And then to fly up there and then not, you know, not being able to play or pass the fitness Test was, was disappointing, but yeah, we, there's no way in the world we can use that as, a, as an excuse. I think you've looked, you know, this is happening right across the league at the moment, and, and it's and it's going to continue to happen. You know, mm-hmm. I think the, you know, you go back four or five weeks, and Wildcat said, uh, you know, from all accounts, had 12 people, yeah, you man. know, around the team or, or associated with the team that, that had COVID. So, it's how you deal with it. It does give other people opportunities, and, and we saw Manny Malou, mm. you know, get some minutes, and and I was really happy for him to see the way he played. So, yeah, look, it's it's disappointing. It's it's unfortunate, but it's it's what every team's dealing with at the moment, and, and it's just how you, you know, how you deal with that. And yeah, yeah, I would love to see Dusty be able to get out there and back up what he what he'd been able to provide in that Melbourne United game, but it wasn't meant to be. And the three quarters, it didn't matter. You know, we, we to me, we should have won that game by fifteen points. We we put ourselves in a position to to go on with it. It looked like we were going to, and then you know we have a twelve point last quarter, and um, uh, unfortunately. You know, once again, it was it was a bitterly disappointing uh, result for us in a game that we should have won. Brisbane was also without Nathan Sobey. Does that make it an even bigger missed opportunity because he's obviously the heart and soul of the, of that team? Well, it probably puts a yeah, probably that's probably a bigger out for them than, than what Dusty and, and mm-hmm. Mojave are for us. I mean, yeah, you know, he's their best player. He's a barometer of that team. Um, you know, yeah, Dusty's an important part of of our team, obviously, and. Uh, and Mojave's been, you know, he's probably had inconsistent minutes and, and you know, for, for, you know, one reason or another. So I think it probably almost puts it on a, an even pegging, having those those yeah. outs with, with Sobia and with us. And, uh, uh, I, look, once again, it was I was excited from the 36er point of view to see Sobe out because you take a, you know, you take the best player of a team, it's always going to make it tough. But... Um, yeah, just just the manner and the way we we lost, and I guess you know probably really pissed it down that leg in that last <laughs> quarter was well, yeah. was was very disappointing. The good part was how well they played up until about seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They were still up still up by ten, and it was Brisbane made a charge in the third quarter after the thirty sixes had a really good first half in control of the game, and then Manny Malou hit the floor knocked down three three-pointers to make sure that, you know, we still had that 10-point lead. I mean, you've talked about games that you've you, you've been part of that you've blown from winning positions, but 10 points up, seven minutes to go, you're playing well, your opposition's missing their best player. It's I mean, it's it's tough to lose from that that situation. Well, not anymore, is it, Chris? I mean, I <laughs> the last the last few years, whether, you know, COVID plays a part of it, I know, but over the last... Yeah, the, the, the amount of times that, you know, nothing is certain in this league anymore. You know, there's no margin is it seems to be big enough and the amount of times teams have come back from seemingly insurmountable leads is is incredible. So, you know, 10-point yeah. league is basically nothing anymore. And 
Barstool's obviously such a game of momentum that we, we know that we never see the swings, but oh, I just it just seems to be happening a lot more now than uh, what it ever has in the past. You know, where teams just struggle to hang on to leads and, you know, go on these scoring drafts. And, and, and look, you've got to give credit to the opposition as well. Once again, when I look at that Brisbane Bullets team, I don't see that as being a better team than us. So I, I think that's that's disappointing when you put yourself in a position to win. And I know that, once again, CJ and Jamie were tearing their hair out. Well, well actually, CJ has torn all his hair out, hasn't he? But, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, like, that that's a disappointing game. And once again, it, it puts us you know, right behind the eight ball now. And, and all of a sudden, you know, all these games coming forward suddenly become very, very important. If, if we want to stay in the hunt and if we're fair dinkum and, and we you know, want to have any shot of uh, making the finals uh, this year, you know, then we come up against Cairns this Sunday. And, and, and once, I think I've said it too many times this year already, but it, it becomes a must-win game. And uh, you know, we just got to find, out, find a way to win uh, you know, a game against a team that's you know, now got Machado you know, back, in, back in the lineup and... Um, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. Absolutely. Um, in the end, the difference was Lamar, Lamar Patterson. He, he, I, I think he's had a higher scoring game in his NBL career, but it's hard to imagine he's had a better game than that one. He took he put the bullets on his on his back without Sobey and ended up with 32 points, and he made all the big plays when it mattered most. Oh, look, Lamar Patterson is an out-and-out star. I, I think there's, there's no question we've seen that over the last few years. I know, you know people have been critical about... Um, you know, maybe him carrying an extra pound or two, but uh, he's, he's, a star- he's, in, he's in great shape right now. Star of this league, and uh, you know, one of the things I, I've learned now, if you can get someone that is just, yeah, you know, has that star power and, and is able to put the ball in the basket, you know, when you absolutely need need a basket, that's the person you go and get. And uh, look, he was he was too much for us in that in that game. <laughs> there's there's mm. no question, you know, from from start to finish, and. Uh, um, look, I'd, I'd like to see him in a in a thirty six uniform, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, I guess that's that's the way it goes. You know, once again, even with him having the sort of game that he had, we still should have won the game. You know, we we still put ourselves in a position where uh, that shouldn't have mattered. And um, but uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, you know, we, we throw that sloppy turnover towards the end of the game. He gets that steal on the dunk, and it's all over. Yeah. But um, you know, that's what good players do. They they find a way to win. It was a very sloppy finish to the game, as you said. Not only the turnovers, but so many gimme shots, and even layups, just didn't seem to fall. Cam Besto got some really really good looks, but. They just seem to end up rimming out, and sometimes that just happens, and it's a bad night. But ultimately, when you're four, probably your four key players without without Dusty, McCarron, DJ, Besto, and Sunday Dutch, they end up shooting 17 of 52 for the night. Um, it's going to make it tough, even if you do have a have a handy lead. That's not so good, is it? <laughs> I, I, um, look, I, it's hard to be critical of Bearstow because of what he's provided this year for us and uh, um, yeah, has been incredible. And, and he had another solid game the other night. But, but you're right. Yeah. I mean, he there was three or four gimmies in that last quarter when we, you know, that, you know he would have swallowed normally. And, mm. and you, know, you know, that every time he missed those shots, it, seemed, it just seemed like it was a really important time of the yeah. game. So... Um, you know, I was uh, I was yelling at the television and using a few choice words uh, when he was missing those shots. But once again, his body of work this year with the club has been uh, has been incredible. And 
yeah, it's it's it was disappointing, but um, yeah, we we just we were very poor at times when we needed to be. You know, uh, you know, DJ ends up with fifteen and twelve or whatever it was, but uh, yeah. I, I I didn't think he had a good game. I, I thought you know he was you know at times at the defensive end, and and, and I know that that that's probably not the strong part of his game, but I felt there was times when yeah you know, we really need to have a stop. You know that that he didn't he didn't provide um, you know that extra rotation or the challenging shot that he should have. And, and let me get this straight: he was no orphan there. Um, mm-hmm. It was just just I don't know. There just didn't seem to be the intensity from the team, or you know that absolute desire that when things were going south, things were going the wrong way, to to draw a line in the sand and say, hey, we're we're just gonna. We're not going to get beat anymore. We're not going to give up open shots. Uh, that just didn't seem to be there, and, and that that would be incredibly disappointing for the for the club and the coaching staff. Eighteen turnovers again as well. It's it's now an ongoing trend where it's we can't ignore it. It's now a big problem with this team. How do we how do we fix it? The the, the term Achilles' heel starts uh, mm. starts being thrown yeah. up now. It's it's becoming a problem, and uh, you know when you start thinking about it, that that is when it becomes a problem. You know, players need to be able to play instinctively and, and be able to throw passes, but there's just too many sloppy passes, and that and that's on the individual. I mean, that's you, you, you know CJ going to run his system, um, you know, but when teams sort of you know get into you up up and into you defensively and start trapping or whatever, you know. Once again, just keep your head, you know, make good passes. And, and you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a couple there that Mitch, Car- Mitch McCarron would like to have back again. And uh, once well, again, what, who's... What, what happened in that last, that one in the last quarter where they trapped him and he basically threw it straight to Patterson? That was never, ever getting close to DJ at all. <laughs> it was a pretty bad pass, wasn't it? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, you know, you saw it happen in slow motion, mm. and it was just, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't mm. know what, uh, you know, what, what happened there, but it's, uh, he, he, I know he'd love to have that one back, and uh, it's not again, something we, I remember being a problem for him last year with Melbourne, though. I mean, he was a really good ball handler, very crafty player who makes great passes. Yeah. You know, runs a team. But, you know, when things aren't going well and, and when, you know, you, you've lost a couple of games that you should have won, you know, you get a bit of that self-doubt creep into your mind and you do start mm. second-guessing yourself. When that happens as a player, you, you know, that, that's a dangerous position to be in because that's that's when it does happen. I, you know, I know CJ would have addressed it, you know, over the last uh, week or so and it would be just to, you know, be confident in what you're doing. And, and that's easier said than done. But I know... You know, CJ's not the type of guy who's going to get up there and rant and rave and give him a kick up the arse and tell him that they, you know, they're doing this wrong and this wrong. He's a confidence coach. You know, there's mm-hmm. you're talking to the guy who's one of the most successful players of all time in this league. Yeah, you know, he knows that players need to be able to play with confidence and to be able to do their thing. And and I know that he would be in reinforcing that within the players now. So you know, it, it's a collective mindset. We just need to go out and. Yeah, it's difficult when you've been so up and down, and that's that's what we have been. But uh, yeah, once again, all we can do is, and in such a ridiculous season with this bloody COVID, you know, like where you don't even know if it, you know, I mean, we're sitting here now, we don't, we still don't know with any great confidence that Sunday's game will go ahead. I mean, we're hoping it will, but yeah, yeah that that could that could turn on the time we're chatting on the phone, Chris. So yeah, you know, it's that, happened that to us also, before. 
that also plays a part in, in your mindset as well. But it, you know, and that's why I think you know the teams that will be successful, you know, in this sort of things are the teams. You know, one the teams that have you know been out of you know have played together for a long while, and that's not us. We brought nine mm-hmm. new players in the team, and I'm not saying we can't be successful, but there has to be you know a mindset that's you know we always talk about mental toughness. Well. This is a different mental toughness because it's a, you know, you can't just plan for something. And go right this Sunday, we're going to get be up and about and stop, you know, Scott Machado and this guy and this guy because you don't even know if you're going to be playing them. So, you know, mental toughness is different. This is a whole different kettle of fish than we've ever dealt with before. So, uh, yeah, you know, just hope that, uh, that you know the players are healthy. You know, there's. You know, you've got the guys that have, you know, had COVID that are, that are healthy again and we can, yeah, we're at home. I mean, that that's mm-hmm. always a great start. You come in, it's going to be a good crowd. We're playing a team that kicked our ass the last time we played mm-hmm. them. Uh, you've heard me talk about it before. You know, that's, you, you want that. You want to go in and go, be able to go, right, we're going to turn a corner here and uh, what happened last time won't happen again. So fingers crossed, mate. We'll see how we go. Mm-hmm. Probably the biggest positive was Manny Malu. He he was he came on and made the most of his minutes and looked like a, a really good NBL player. He knocked down the three balls that he took. He didn't miss a shot in the end from his 11 points. And probably more importantly, the team was plus nine when he was out out on the floor. Um, it was great to see him show what he what he's capable of. Well, I love him, mate. Like, uh, you, know, you know, what I saw in the preseason, he was a guy that, uh, you know, he's six foot nine. He, he's a, can shoot the ball. He's athletic. Yeah, you know, and he's a he's a yeah, he's twenty six, twenty seven now. He's a, he's a rookie coming into the league. Has had to do it the you know the hard way to, to get his opportunity and to be able to come now and to get that opportunity is fantastic. I think got a great. I don't want to use the word mentor because that sometimes can come across a bit wanky. But you know, I know that him and Sunday spend a lot of time together. And if there's if there's a guy that you can listen to and see what it takes from a work ethic point of view, it it, it is Sunday. So I, I was really pleased to to see what he did, uh, the other night. I I sent him a message just to congratulate him and and you know he there, there's a great example of someone just being ready you know they haven't played you know they've had a few dmps and haven't played a lot um you know probably haven't even trained a lot with with Mm. some of these covid protocols but it'd be able to come out and and do his thing and and shoot the ball as well as he did and make such a positive impact in the game was uh is what you know anyone that's sitting sitting on the bench not getting to play you know that's a prime example to go you just got to be ready to take your opportunity when you get it. And, and hopefully that leads on to, you know, bigger and better things going forward for him. When you happened to message him, did you attach a South Adelaide contract? To the <laughs> he'd, look, he'd look very good in a South Adelaide uniform. And I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said that to basically everyone that played for the 36ers in the preseason while I was there. Yeah. But no, no, I, did, I didn't say that. Um, that's uh, that's that's a conversation for another day. But uh, <laughs> and while I think of it, uh, let me tell you about those sports card wheel boys, mate. They have mm-hmm. uh, they have come on board as the naming rights sponsor of the South Adelaide Panthers. So uh, just wow. a quick little shout out shout out to uh, Matt and Ben for the sports card world. Um, yeah, the, those boys are incredible. You know, they they're, they're such uh, salt of the earth uh, guys and um, just love this sport and and have evolved in. 
you know, the 36s, uh, AFL, and now the NBL1 at a sponsorship level, and it's uh, more power to them. I, I went and uh, went in there today and saw them. I bought some Barbie Barbie cards for Chloe. I bought some Lion King cards for uh, for Patrick, and I uh, I may have bought some NBA cards for myself. So I might, I might be getting back into that that little addictive habit that I had uh, 25 years ago. So uh, just so I'd throw that in there just quickly. Oh, they're great supporters of ours. And to be honest, I don't know if their relationship with the club and their relationship with now South Adelaide would have happened if we didn't start our relationship with them. So it's it's great how to, to see how it's all, all panned out. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've known those boys for... Yeah, you know, twenty God, twenty eight years I think it is now, and and I I used both of them when Rob Rose and I had our card shop, nineteen ninety four. That's mm-hmm. that's showing my age as well, but uh, yeah, they they are. They're just uh, yeah, yeah, they're just so, such great supporters, and and, I, and I'm not don't want to say that over any more than any of the other supporters we have who have mm. all done a great job. But um, I just wanted to you know, just let everyone know that uh, if you need sports card, uh, well, if you need trading cards, whether it be NBA or Pokemon or any other hundred that they have, uh, mm. go and see them in Region Arcade in, in Adelaide. So anyway, sorry, there's my little uh, Castro comments uh, piece right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of that, our votes in the Player of the Year Award, thanks to Premier Wine Tours, Scott. Um Probably a little bit tricky this week as well. Very tricky, mate. I um, I probably would not be what people were thinking. Um, mm-hmm. So I gave three votes to Manny Malou. I thought his mm-hmm. impact in the game was... And I, and I, once again, like I always do, I think long and hard about this. I yeah. just thought his impact in the game was that good in reasonably limited minutes, but he he turned the game around and put us in that position to win, which we should have won. Probably the only reason Cam Bairstow didn't get my three votes, I thought was, yeah, it was those little gimmies that he, that he missed in the third quarter. So I gave him two votes and I gave DJ one vote. I know statistically he probably looked better than anyone on the team, but I... I, I didn't think that that was a typical DJ game. I thought there was... Uh, he started off great. as a, Him and Cam started off really well in the first quarter, but I, I didn't think when we really needed him at, at both ends of the court, it, it was probably there. And, and some of that was through no fault of his own. So, uh, yeah, that's the way I went. Three for Manny, two for Cam, and, and one for DJ. No, very good. Okay, Scott, let's take a little bit of a different different tack now before we get to... Ask the coach with Jamie Perlman. You mentioned South Adelaide just before. We had a question last week about your gun recruit. Are we getting any closer to being able to able to announce who it is? Well, mate, I would have hoped the club had, had announced it by now. I've been sort of looking on Facebook every day. So, uh, um, <laughs> oh, mate, why not? Uh, we, we recruited a guy called Jeremy Smith who uh, played for South Adelaide five years ago. He was... Uh, yeah, he's a scoring guard who can who's an incredible scorer, uh, great defender. Um, finished was South Adelaide's MVP and, and finished second in the Woolacott Medal that year. So we're mm. we're really excited to getting him back. He's playing in Iceland at the moment of all places. Oh, wow. um, yep. Yeah, didn't know you play played basketball in Iceland, <laughs> but. Um, all things being equal, we should, we should have him back here early April and, and hopefully for our first game on, on April 9th. He, he's a six foot three guy that could play the one, two or three. And, um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a very, very tough competitor and uh, will help us win a lot of games, I'm sure. Sam Johns, who's another exciting player that I'm sure you're looking forward to having. 
Yeah, well, look, Sam's uh, a winner. Like, he, he won a championship with the Southern Tigers in 2016 and 2018. He was a development player in the Jory for a number of years. Um, was captain of the club last year. Um, six foot five, you know, vocal, um, uh, you know, just, just, just a great leader. Uh, look, we're, we're excited to have him, have him back, you know, and, uh, just looking forward to putting out a few more pieces of the puzzle over, over the next, uh, week or two, but, um, this is all new to me. I haven't coached to the state league since 2004. So uh, just a few years out of it. But yeah, look, things are going well. The, the boys are buying in and, uh, you know, the intensity that they're training at is is, is good. But we, we're going to have to be very good. You know, when you start talking about a league that you know, has people potentially like Daniel Johnson and Jack Purchase and Adam Doyle and these sort of guys who mm-hmm. are all going to be in the same team, um, mm-hmm. you know, we... we we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to work hard, but uh, things are going well so far. Good luck stopping that front court of DJ and Purchase. Well, I spoke to DJ a little bit too late, I think, uh, as, yeah. as it turned as it turned out. And uh, but uh, look, it's it's exciting. I mean, yeah, you know, I think you know people sort of sleep on a lot of these state leagues, yeah. You know, but you, what you do, you're talking about the very best competition you can play in each state. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're talking about. Ten teams here, a hundred players. Let, let's say let, let, let's say that there's twenty of them are imports. Yeah, in, in a state of one point five million, you're talking about eighty players that are uh, you know playing at the best level they can. So yep. it, it's it's exciting. I, I'm I'm thankful for the opportunity to, to come back and be involved in it. And uh, um, you know, I hope the players recognise that you know th- th- that it's. Yeah, you know, it's not luck. I mean, obviously they're, they're at a level where they, you know, they they deserve to play in it. But um, it's 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 an exciting opportunity. Just quickly, what about the rest of the NBL right now? A few things I wanted to touch on. Melbourne United, since that loss in Adelaide, they bounced back quite impressively and, you know, fresh off a win over the Wildcats and now to start off round 12, they beat the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix as well. Um, Joe Luala Chul, I was amazed that only a little over a week ago, he was paying $151 to win the MVP right now. I, I would be surprised if he's not at least a top three fancy for the MVP. I think he's just about a lock for most improved player and he's right up there with best defensive player honours as well and on the other show I do with Damien Martin he's winning his best defensive player um, award right now um, what Joe Luala Jules doing right now is quite incredible he shocked me with best defensive player mate like that that yeah. is probably not where, where I see <laughs> see the the strength in his game but what what I do see there is a, is an NBA player I mean that that's a yeah. guy who's Huge. I, I don't know what he's listed at, but I, I saw him preseason. You know when they Maybe played seven it. Foot, doesn't he? Oh, and the rest. Like yeah. a preseason with the thirty sixes last year, uh, he just came on and played some spot minutes and, and gave us absolute fits. So I, I would, I'd be surprised if he wasn't seven one or seven foot two. Mm. He, he looked. He looked when I saw him back then. He looked t- like a lot taller than DJ and Isaac Humphries and Owen Hullen and those guys. And yep. uh, he, he's just. 
basically unstoppable in this league, you know, with it, with his size and athleticism. So be, I'd be shocked if there weren't NBA teams looking at him right now. And uh, yeah, look, MVP. Well, you know, like he's he's the best player in one, one of the, the top best two best yeah. best players, best teams in the competition. So. Why wouldn't you be thinking about that? I, I, I don't think. I would like to have had him at 150 to one, mind you, or 50 to one, <laughs> yeah. or whatever it was. But uh, it was 150, yeah. 150. Well, yeah. you know, and, and probably a little bit of that is, you know, last year he's Jock Landau's backup, and 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 Jock was yeah. such a superstar in this league. So yeah, maybe you know, I thought. He still was a really good player last year, but uh, didn't get the opportunity purely because mm. who was playing in front of him. Whereas this year, you know, he's it's, he's the man. So uh, and he could, he's, he could uh, follow him, follow Jock to the NBA too, couldn't he? Like you said, I I, I, I wouldn't see why not. Like he's yeah. he's he's bigger than him, and he's you know like he's a walking bucket in this league, mm-hmm. and and yeah, you, you know, we've all seen you know guys in this league go into the NBA and 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 been able to be. Yeah, you know, still play very well. So I'd be, I'd be really surprised if there isn't a lot of NBA teams looking at him right now. Another interesting player that I want to get your thoughts on, Keanu Pinder. We saw him up close last season, and he had his moments. He had his mo. <laughs> Let's be honest, he had his moments of brilliance with the Thirty Sixers, but he had his, he had his horrible moments as well. So there, there really wasn't much in between. So he he was either great or he was basically unplayable with some of the stuff that he he did, but. You can see the potential there. Whatever Adam Ford's doing with him up in Cairns, it's working because he's now he now looks a pretty refined, finished product, and the energy that he's giving the Taipans, we'll see it live on Sunday. He's he's having a really good season. He is, and we saw, like you said, we saw both sides of it last year. Yeah. You know, the first half of the season wasn't great, and he'd probably be the first to say it. And but then when he was, you know, when he got confidence to play, like you know, he's still nine, he's athletic. You know, when when he's up and about and playing with confidence, he's a really dangerous player. And yeah, uh, you know, we've seen this over the last few weeks, and I've been, you know, it seems to me that he's found his niche, he's found his right team, and his his right piece of the puzzle I suppose and where he fits into the NBL so I, I'm really happy for him I I hope uh, with all due respect I hope he doesn't have his best game on Sunday <laughs> um, but uh, he'll understand that because I'm talking from a 36er yeah. point of view but oh, I, I've been you know I've been really happy for him the, the the way that he's been able to play and contribute and uh, they're exciting I mean they they've got mm. some some athletes and uh you know, some people that when they're playing well can give you all sorts of problems. I mean, you get an athletic team that's playing confident, playing together, um, you know, that can make up for a lot of deficiencies. And, um, you know, they've got some exciting, you know, parts of the puzzle there that uh, can, as we've seen firsthand, can do do some real damage on any given night. Mm, absolutely. Um, wanted to get your quick thoughts on the Sydney Kings as well because they're now building, building some momentum. And Jalen Adams as a point guard is playing some really good basketball. Gerald Martin is putting himself in, you know, discussion as, you know, one of the best big men in the league. Um, and now they've added a new import, an NBA championship winner, no less, Ian Clark as well, who will make his debut this this weekend against the, the Perth Wildcats. Um, they're a dangerous team. Yeah, they are. They're, they'd be the team that everyone would be looking at and... Uh being very concerned about at the moment you know this guy comes in and as you said with his credentials putting together what they've already got uh 
Yeah, it's, it's amazing. This league's amazing. You're talking, you know, three weeks ago and, and Sydney with the dog's ass and, and everyone was riding them off and they were all over the shop. Now it's like, I'm not sure they're the team you want to play in the next game. So once again, I, you know, if we go back and, and replayed uh, what we spoke about in the pre-season, you know, we all had them probably in the top four or, or some of them, some people had them, you know, as championship favourites. Yeah, you know, that was me. Prob- yeah, they're probably realising their potential at the moment, um, yep. and and now they're starting to get a little bit a uh, little bit scary as to how good they could actually be. Yep, absolutely. So we'll keep an eye on all of that. Um, but now we'll get to Jamie Perlman for our Ask the Coach segment. Now, before I let you go, Scott and I chat with Jamie, what's one question you'd like me to put to Jamie on your behalf? <laughs> you throw me on the spot here, mate. Mm. Um, oh, wow. Um, Oh, look, the the thing that I, you know, Brett and I went and, and uh, met with some people in the club and actually sat down and spoke to CJ and Jamie. The I don't know if it's much of the same, much of a question, but I I said to him that I couldn't possibly imagine, from a player's point of view or a coach's point of view, what they're going through at the moment. Well, obviously I can't because we never have done it, and mm. how you know. He's sitting there scouting for a team in two days that they might not eventually play and might play someone completely different two days after that. So I would just, my question would be how, you know, how can you cope with such a you know, fluid situation that is changing on, on a regular basis? Because that would do my head in completely. I'm sure, I'm sure it's probably doing his head in as well, but uh yeah, you know, how you how are you going with with that su- such uncertainty? I suppose on a week to week basis. No, very good, Scott. We'll get get an answer from Jamie straight after this. So when I come back, I'll be with Jamie Perlman on Ask the Coach. Thanks to Sports Card World. Okay, back on Sixes Fix with Scott Ninnis. And as promised, it's time for our Ask the Coach segment with Jamie Perlman for this week, the the mastermind assistant coach at the Adelaide 36ers. And, and of course, we've put the feeler out for questions from our loyal listeners to Sixes Fix and got another great response. And thanks to Sports Card World, Jamie will be picking one of these listeners. I hope you've put a lot of thought into your questions because this prize now, it's three of the 2021-22 Panini Elite Packs of NBA Cards. You can look for a Josh Giddy Rookie Card. Popular insert sets like Spellbound, Prime Numbers, and the popular signature set, Passing the Torch. Three of those packs valued at $90 just for sending in a question here on Sixers Fix of Jamie Perlman. So Jamie will be picking very carefully. But of course, if you if you don't win the prize, head into Sports Card World in the Region Arcade and pick up some yourself or any any of their other fine products that Scott talked about earlier in the show. I'm here with Jamie Perlman. Before we get to the listeners' questions this week, Jamie, um, what's this week been like on the back of back of last week's game against Brisbane where there was a lot of good signs, but obviously the last last few minutes were a, were a little bit disappointing to, to drop the game? Yes, definitely. Uh, played some good basketball for long stretches and... Yeah, felt that last hurdle of being able to uh, finish the game. You know, it's obviously uh, obviously disappointing to come away with that win. So again, you reflect on it, 
Um, we've had a couple of games now that you know we, we really should have taken care of. So yeah, well disappointing. Uh, we know we can be a very good flip side. So you know, obviously, you, know, you try not to take those ones too hard. Um, just try to learn from them, get better, and uh, I think we've had a really good week. Uh, you know, with a few uh, minor adjustments uh, heading into tomorrow's game. Oh, good to hear. Now, before I hand you over to our listeners, Scott's actually got a question he wanted me to, to put to you, Jamie. Um, gotcha. Don't be too scared. <laughs> he put some thought. <laughs> he put in. He put some thought into it too. So Scott, okay. wanted, Scott wanted to know, as an assistant coach that does all of the scouting of your opposition, basically he said he wouldn't have a clue how he would cope in this circumstance where you're scouting for opponents. Sometimes the game gets gets cancelled. Sometimes your opponent gets gets changed. So he basically wants to know how on earth, as the man in charge of the scouting and preparing, pre- basically preparing the game plan from game to game and week to week, how are you coping right now? Oh, uh, look, um, it's not too bad. Um, definitely we've had a few scenarios where we've you know, spent you know, a few days preparing scouts so you've had a game cancelled or a game changed and have to quickly you know, turn around the next scout. Um, I'm quite, quite fortunate we had a, a couple of external um, analytics guys who help us uh, with some of the scouting, so it's not just all me and, and obviously CJ as well. But uh, look, you know, having said that, it, you know, especially early in the season when you haven't played everyone yet, that's yeah. when you're doing that first initial scout that takes uh, a, a quite a long time. Uh, to work out that game plan. Once you play a team once and you have that, you know, you have that uh, preliminary scout ready to go and you just need to make some minor adjustments. So um, it's definitely challenge, challenging early in the season. There's no doubt about that. Um, having to turn around some scouts too quickly. Now that we've sort of played most teams once, you know, we have those scouts um, up our sleeves and so it's just those minor adjustments now. But uh, definitely have to be nimble, but uh, definitely got to good support staff for the to get that done as well. Ah, good to hear. Okay, time to open it up to our listeners. Kyle Wood's up next, and he's asked, what has been a focus to keep players motivated with this stop-start season? Um, probably, uh, probably the big thing is uh, making sure that we have uh, some sessions in between, um, you know, long breaks uh, where we have a bit of fun, really. You know, we try and you know, do things that um, you know, keep the training sessions light while still, you know, trying to you know, develop, you know, skills along the way, but also, um, you know, have a, bit, have a bit of fun on the floor as well. You know, lots of competitive games. Uh, sometimes breaking the monotony with other games, the spending additional coach uh, has often brought out games of handballs and uh, a couple of games of dodgeball, you know. Uh, during our sessions, which uh, you know always break it up and make it a bit of fun, and, and then also just generally just trying to get away off the floor a little bit as well, um, and get together, and whether that's just for a meal, you know, just to you know build relationships and with each other, and you know just spend uh, you know, that, that time away from the floor as well, just to keep mixing things up. But um, yeah, some of these stretches you can't just continue to grind away every day and have hard training sessions because um, it does does drag out. Mm. Um, but no, but no, I think we've found a pretty good balance uh, between you know those those sessions where we really need to get after it and uh, keeping things light and fun at the same time. Oh, very good. Ashley Burrell's up next, and he might not be in contention for the prize because he won last week, but he's still got a good question. Um, okay. If you weren't a coach, Jamie, what would your ideal job be? My ideal job? Oh, that's an excellent question. Well, I'm, I'm actually a trained uh, physical education teacher, so that's, that's always been my... Uh, I've done uh, some 
from uh, teaching across my time. Um, look, uh, to be honest with you, when I was when I was in Cairns and I had my house, you know, I, I do like my garden, you know. So <laughs> um, you never know. Maybe this year something in that line of work as well yeah. um so that's one of the main two things i think you know as a, as a as a coach you know i do have that teaching background and so that's definitely something that i think is very rewarding so yeah that's probably my two things uh, that i Excellent. could possibly be doing um james coolman's up next and you might might remember last time i think he asked if he was better than lebron james so he's he's come down from that a little bit but not not too okay. far not too far he's asked if i beat you in a one-on-one can i join the team no, no, because uh, at my age and uh, <laughs> it's been a long time since I was on the floor, that might not be that difficult. So uh, we'd have to put you up against uh, someone a bit a bit tougher than me uh, these days. You know, uh, so in order to have you considered, uh, have been considered uh, for a position on the team. I think he asked CJ the same thing, and CJ quickly put him back in his place and said he had no chance against him. So, okay, <laughs> no problem. Uh, well, uh, CJ was a, was more of a scorer. So. <laughs> um, speaking of LeBron, actually, Jack Sports Cards has asked very simply: MJ or Bron? Oh, MJ's my era, so I have to go with uh, MJ on that one. Um, again, that's 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 someone that I you know grew up watching and uh, was you know so he's my era, so I have to always he always got a, a spot there for MJ. But uh, obviously, just yeah, obviously LeBron, just amazing all what he's able to do on the floor and what he's achieved in his career as well. Now, we will get to some more serious ones, but your team manager, Jazzy, has, has sent something through. Um, uh, okay. This will be interesting. This could be tricky. Let's see. It actually could be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know if you, I don't know how you'll I don't know how you'll go with it. You might have a sensible answer. Um, what's the biggest donut you've ever eaten? Uh, well, there's the, I'll tell you the, so the, the story behind that is one time, one time, you know, we've had our shoot around, we're getting ready for game night that night, and so after lunch, I headed out, you know, I thought I'd give myself something sweet, you know, just uh, to have something, a bit of afternoon tea, you know, before the game, and uh, yeah, Jazzy's caught me with this, uh, yeah, this rather large donut, and so yeah, that's a bit of a running joke uh, amongst us there, so. Yeah, I haven't been able to live that one down uh, so far. Uh, he's probably the best in the business, though, isn't he? <laughs> oh, he's fantastic, Josie. He's uh, there's a tremendous amount of work and um, for us, and mm. always upbeat, super positive, and just fantastic to have around the team. Ethan Scott has asked. I'm interested in this one. What are the hidden perks of the job of being an NBL coach? For example, merchandise, unlimited game tickets for family and friends. I'm actually not sure if you can answer that. Can you seriously? Oh look, I just, honestly, um, there's little things around, you know, that you we're definitely grateful for that we're provided for with um by by some of the sponsors that we we able to go for a team lunch, you know, um, Jamas, you know, support us in that in that way as well and provide team lunches and those types of things. So there's all those little perks, but look, I have to say overall, I just think it's just, the whole thing is a massive perk. If I'm being honest, you know, I just love the game of basketball and. You know, to get to do it as my job, you know, to, to be around the game, to be around the players, get the opportunity to work with them. But the whole thing's just one giant perk, you know, in my, in my mind. So I just love what I do and just grateful for the opportunity that, you know, that I've been given um, for the 36ers um, to continue doing what I love. So it's all, it's all one big perk. So. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great answer. Um, 
Definitely helps when you love your job, doesn't it? I mean, absolutely. Um, Nick McHugh has got a good question as well. He's asked, "Hey Jamie, as an aspiring junior coach with a lot to learn, and given your extensive experience, what would be the best advice you can offer to motivate your players and keep them motivated?" Um, well, different things motivate different players. I think just being, you know, positive, supportive, honest feedback uh, when it's required, and just. Yeah, getting to know them, your, your players as as people first, um, and helping them in their their journey in basketball and and in life. That's I mean, that's how you you motivate them. You know that um, everyone's got skills, some in you know talents they bring, and uh, yeah, making sure they're aware of those and helping them you know be the best they can. So it's it, yeah, just getting to know the, the person. You know, we can often look at, at players as you know, well, this guy's a shooter and this guy's a defender and this guy's that, but then, you know, just embracing them as people and, and helping them in their, their life's journey, you know, as well as their basketball journey. I think that, um, that bit builds trust and, and motivates them to, to want to play hard for you know, the team. Fantastic. All right. That's the list covered, Jamie. Um, there's probably a couple that naturally we can rule out and, Certainly, Jazzy's not getting a not getting a prize, but um. Ah, oh, Jazz, oh, Jazzy's first. Yeah, no, he definitely won't get an action. Don't bother me in. Exactly. So, um, who who jumped out? Which question did you did you like best? Because there's not a ninety dollar prize from Sports Card World up for grabs. Okay. Um, I think it was. Uh, I'm actually going to go with Ethan and his question about the perks of the game because yeah, sure. you know just gave me an opportunity just to. You know, just talking in regards to just you know, the whole thing. You know, being being involved in the game is 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 the greatest perk of all. So, um, yeah, I think as Ethan, I think yeah, we'll go with. Yeah, excellent. Congratulations, Ethan. Um, thanks to Sports Card World. Now, just quickly, Jamie, before I let you go, we've seen the Taipans now play on Friday night, and they it's fair to say they didn't probably play to their potential, which is either either good or bad. So, coming into tomorrow's game now for you, you've seen them play at their worst. And you probably hope they they don't bounce back, but at the same time, you know that Ford is certainly going to have them motivated come tomorrow's game. Yeah, look, absolutely. Look, they're obviously they haven't won a little while now, but you know, be aware of the of the wounded dog. You know, Forty definitely is a, a big big time motivator. Mm. Um, he's going to have them ready to go. Uh, we have to be very disciplined in the way we play. They play with a lot of energy up the floor, trapping. You know, they try and force the force the game and force turnovers and get you to play fast. So no, there's uh, going to be a lot of challenges uh, in the game. But um, but I think, yeah, we're ready. We're definitely ready for this. And, uh, again, looking forward to getting back on the floor again after after a break. And, um, yeah, we, uh, you know, we're confident going into the game for sure. No, we're all looking forward to it. And thanks thanks again for joining us, Jamie. It's, it's been good fun. No worries. Appreciate it, Chris. All the best. Okay, back on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis and we're wrapping up this week's show. I hope you've enjoyed it and thank you to Jamie Perlman for joining us. Thanks to Sports Card World on Ask the Coach segment. Um, Scott, Sunday afternoon at the Entertainment Centre, the Cairns Taipans are coming to town. Last time we played them over in Cairns back in December, they were 40 points up, I think it was, with three minutes to go. Um, How much does that play on the mind of the 36ers players coming to this game and how much would you want want revenge on that team? 
but plays on their mind a lot. I mean, they, they gave us an absolute thumping touch-up. We were down by 40 uh, at points in that game, and, and, you know, they humiliated us. It was um, no way you and I can dress that up. That was just, mm. a, you know, just one of those awful games. So, um, once again, they, they've played, you know, sporadically bet- between that. Like, we had the Melbourne game and, and then the Brisbane game, and those games are polar opposites. But... Uh, we're back at home. Yeah, you know, they should go in confidently. I mean, that's what well, they—you would hope that they can go yeah. in confidently. And you know, you got to make sure that you know the the guys like um, Majok Deng and and Keanu Pinder, who we've already spoken about. Mm. You just can't let them go out and do their thing. I mean, they're, they're athletes. That you know, they've got size. They've that, you know, they're both going to want to come back here and play well, having been past players of the club. So to make sure guys like that just don't have career games. I mean, you, you know, you know, make other people beat you. You know, make people that, you know, some of these lesser known players, you know, make them come in and make the shots and just don't give guys, um, you know, the, the shots that they want to take. And, and I, I know that all this is easier said than done. I'm, I'm not, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not reinventing the wheel here, but, uh, you know, just, just play tough. Come out with that mindset like they did against Melbourne United. You know, in that first quarter, you could tell that it was a different team. You could tell that they, you know, they, they'd drawn a line in the sand and they were going to come out and compete and, and be tough bastards and, and not, not take a backward step. And even when things started going down the wrong way, you know, they cope with that. So I, I think it's all, it's all a mindset about coming in from that tip-off and playing the right way and you know, having a toughness about them that you, know, you sustain for 40 minutes. And uh, I think if they, well, I don't think, if they do that, they'll have a win and they'll have a good win. But uh, as we've seen over the last couple of years, anything is possible, mate. So uh, <laughs> just fingers crossed that uh, we come out, we give the, uh, you know, all the fans you know, a really good showing on, on Sunday. And uh, once again, we, we, we keep our season alive and move forward mm. from there. There's a lot of interesting matchups. Obviously, the front court, you can't get much different than DJ and Cambesto up against Pinder and Majuk Deng, but kind of, you know, each, each of their respective strengths will will play out. I think the McCarran-Machado matchup, you know, is pretty evenly matched as well. Perhaps the one that I, I do want to get your thoughts on and that might decide things is that both teams need, you know, Adelaide needs Todd Withers, Cairns need Tajir McCall to be that energy guy who provides that bit of X factor. Um, I think I think Todd really needs to step up and make sure that McCall doesn't become a match winner for the Taipans. Absolutely. And if that's a matchup, I 100% agree with you. I would go back one step when you talk about DJ and Bearstow against, you know, guys who are athletes. Mm. You, you talk about Jock Deng and you talk about Pinder. You know, Jock Deng is probably not going to be eligible for Defensive Player of the Year this year. Um, You know, and and a guy like Pinder, I mean, those guys are foul prone. I mean, that's my focus at the start of the game. Okay, if we got guys we have trouble with from purely from an athletic point of view, which we do have with those those guys, um, make them play, you know, make make them a focus, take the ball at them from the start of the game and either get them into foul trouble or they're giving up baskets. They just can't contend with our size. So that would be my my focus right from the start is going, you know, going at them right between the eyes and saying, okay, 
if you've got guys who are bigger than stronger and, and very channel offensively, what are you guys going to do? If we don't go to those guys and they can get out in the open court and then their athleticism and their offensive prowess becomes a bit of a problem, put the focus, make those guys play defense, and I think that will set us up uh, you know, going forward for the win. You know, Establish that inside and then outside presence right from the start. Absolutely. Um, one more thing I wanted to ask you about, and then we'll, we'll wrap up the show. Um, the fact that the 36ers haven't played for nine days and have now been at home all week and get to prepare for this game, and the Taipans are in a different situation where they will be playing in Wollongong on Friday night and then coming straight to Adelaide, um, does that make any sort of a factor? Does it help either side in, in any sort of way? Uh, not at the moment, I don't think. I mean, obviously, that's that's you'd love that as a thirty-six to play. You know, the fact they've played two nights before, and, and mm. you know, you know, you're playing at Zilla Warrior, you, you know, under a Gorgian team, you know, you're going to be in a battle. But you know, if they it doesn't matter if they win or lose that game, they they get an opportunity to turn around. You know, one and a half days later. So yes, it it's a plus for us, and and you'd rather rather that than the shoe being on the other foot and us coming back and playing a day and a half later. But Oh, I just don't think in this current climate with what COVID's throwing up, oh, I just don't think there's any, you know, there's there's any playbook that you'd rather, you'd rather mm. this, that or the other thing at the moment. So, yes, I think it's great for us that they play in Illawarra because they've got to go down there and play on Friday night. Then they've got to get back to Sydney, you know, which is, I know it's mm-hmm. not a long drive, but it's a drive. Then they've got to fly to Adelaide and they'll probably get here Saturday afternoon. If they get a bit banged up, it's how where their recovery goes. So, yeah, that's, you know, on the face of it, that's a good opportunity for us. But at the end of the day, does it matter? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see it about two, by about 2.30 on Sunday. I'll be to the answer to that one. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Scott, um, let's wrap it up. It's been a fun show again. Thank you to Jamie Perlman for joining us. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed our insights. We look forward to seeing everyone at the Entertainment Centre on Sunday. I'm Chris Pike. I'll wrap it up on Sixers Fix for this week and leave you with the wise words of the one and only Scott Ninnis. Mate, just excited to be going to a home game again. It's it's mm. it's uh, just seems like it's been so long between drinks, you know, like to, to, to get out there, you know, on a sunny Adelaide day and have, a, have another NBL game with... What's going to be a good crowd is very exciting and uh, the season's still alive. So once again, we're still up and about and uh, I'd encourage anyone that uh, wants to see basketball at the highest level in this country to come out and, and look forward to what we hopefully think will be a great 36er win.